0: If you're an average player, you want to be left alone because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want to coach and tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things.
1: Welcome to the Goat Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a goat, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the Goat Consulting Podcast right here in VCE Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. We have somebody new at the table. He's part of the home team. We're going to get to that in just a second. But to my right, clothing line, sprinter. Businesses within businesses. You don't even say turf anymore. The CEO of the GOAT family of brands, Tyler Burnett. Tyler, we're so glad you're here today. I'm Made so it up to, for the show. I'm so
0: glad to be here on time today.
1: The Empire. Yeah. You missed it. You missed your cue. And to the left, to the far left, not my immediate left, but to the far left, wearing a shirt that says Home Team, which I know has some significance it for does. ourselves and for our guest today at the, the table. Honor. He is from Brentwood. He is the calming force to our show. We call him the LinkedIn Whisperer. I do know his first and last name, John Byers. John, so glad that. you're here today. Thank you. And and nice. to my immediate left, a new friend of mine. So glad you can make time out of your day to join us. Uh, a fellow Tennessean and uh, has so much to share with us today. And somebody that's made an investment in us, and and we certainly appreciate that. But Brian Huddleston is the CEO of Dev Digital, and we're so glad you're here today. And John, I'm going to let you, since I know you prepared greatly for the show today, I know that you're going to be able to. Jump us right into where we need to be. Yeah, Brian, welcome. welcome to the show.
2: Thank, Thank you, you. Thank Brian. You. It, is, it is so good to be here. Everybody has heard us talk about our friends at Dev Digital, and Brian leads the efforts at Dev, and so he's going to talk a little bit about that. But our relationship goes back uh, a number of years and in a number of different ways, and we share a couple of commonalities that I hope we'll get into today. We both have gone through the adoption process, and uh, so Maybe talk about that, and I just remember very key conversations that I had with you as we were very on, on early in that process, and probably one of the most meaningful things about my relationship with you that I remember, we were at Red Bike Coffee where we had, uh, where we talked about that. I know you don't remember by the look on your face right now, but um, but it was very meaningful to me, yeah. and you know, we also share 200 LinkedIn connections, Oh, here 200. we go. There we go. Here we go. <laughs> so...
1: That's just setting you up. You
2: know, we we share some very uh, unique commonalities that we'll unpack. But Brian is the president CEO of, uh, or I'm sorry, was the president and CEO of the Nashville Technology Council. He's entrepreneur, started a company after that, Logic Plum, and then now leads the efforts as CEO of Dev Digital. So he's a tech giant. He's a rock star. He's a legend in this town and many others across the our great planet. And he's and, part of the home team. And he is part of the home team. Absolutely. So your hence, shirt? You want to talk about shirt. your shirt today? Well, you know, this is Project 615. Yeah. Uh, who I recently had a very tense conversation with, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So that's for your a, comments on the that's podcast for another or... episode. But I'm hoping they I'm hoping they, you know, see the light. Uh, please see the light, because I love I love you, P six one five. There you go. Well, we're gonna move on. But you
1: are part of the home team. Yes, Someone you. that, that yes, believes you. not only in the energy that y'all create. Uh, for the different pieces of Nashville, the downtown scene, the education scene, the hospital scene, but you're also a, a, a Tennessean—that's right by yep. birth—and mm-hmm. um, and really those moments and early on in your life set the trajectory for the rest of your life. Um, why don't you share with us some of those moments that bring us right up to where we get to sit around this table today in VCU Studios? Can I add one question yes. just
2: real quick? Because normally at the top of our episodes we talk about. Our friends at Dev Digital, yes, and we we share about all the great things that you guys do, and to Colby's point, the energy that you bring to this, this city that we get to live in together. But maybe you can talk a little bit about Dev Digital, and then you know go into how catch us up on today. I mean, how you got to where you are after that.
3: Uh, yeah. So you want me to start at the beginning you know, of Brian, you, or you, you just start go wherever. wherever you right. want. That so I grew up in rural West Tennessee, uh, Henry County, Paris. Yeah. Um, a uh, small farm. Uh, it's actually Perrier, which is uh, Puryear. about Puryear, 10 miles north of Paris. We have a big audience in Perrier. I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> certain that, that we do. How do, you, how do you spell that? P-U-R-Y-E-A-R. Perrier, yep. Tennessee. I've it was once yeah. known when I was growing up as the, uh, there was Charlie's Quick Mart there. It sold more alcoholic <laughs> beverage than any other uh, uh, place in the great state of Tennessee because wow, wow. it was just south of Murray, Kentucky, where Murray State is, and that and you're was in an, tri-county. You're an alum <laughs> of Murray State. I am an alum yes. of Murray State. So yep. you'd probably
1: make your trips back and forth as you went to Murray State I, at Charlton's Quickmark.
3: I'm, I'm not saying that I, I did that a lot, but maybe a time or two, Okay, yes. um, all right. We I grew a, up in you know, uh, rural West Tennessee. Uh, we had a small farm, 15-acre farm. Mom and Dad always instilled a lot of work ethic in us. I remember working in the in this seemed like a ten-acre garden. I'm sure it was like half an acre, but we had to hoe it out. We planted it. We harvested it. Um, what I, did you harvest? Uh, I mean, garden stuff. Garden you know, potatoes, stuff. beans, okay. cucumbers. Uh, hauled hay. Worked in tobacco. Mowed yards. My dad. What age I,
2: did you start smoking tobacco? <laughs>
3: My mom listens to this episode. She's not going to be happy with you, John Byers. Yeah, I
2: mean, well, you know, the things know, we think and do not say, I we jump right in.
3: I, uh, don't um, let him take you off track. I'm not going to. Uh, but when I turned 16, Dad took me down and met with Rick Jackson at Kroger. He was the manager at Kroger there in Paris. And said, this is my son. He'll do good work for you. Um, I'll leave him in your hands. Hmm. and when I graduated high school, Dad did the same thing. He took me to Tecumseh. They make compressors for um, air conditioners and refrigerators, and uh, he wanted to give me the experience of working um, in a factory and see what that was like, and then I went off to school. Um, started my collegiate career at Ole Miss, went to grad- had a great time there.
0: I
2: bet.
3: They didn't have Charlie's Quick Mart there, but <laughs> there was other places like it. Um uh, and then transferred to Murray State, finished up my degree in uh, business administration with computer information systems, and then sought for a job either in Lexington, Kentucky, where I'd done a co-op, or Nashville. And, like, I wanted to get out of – I love small-town rural areas. I, I actually feel like there's a lot to, to those areas and the things that you learn because you, you actually have to work the field. You have to work uh, – yep. an agrarian society you have to do a lot of work in versus an urban society like today – If I'm hungry, I can go to any restaurant within, you know, throwing distance of here Mm -hmm. or a grocery store and get my food. I don't have to harvest it and hunt it and kill it and bring it back. So we're living a very comfortable, I call it a very comfortable life. Sure. Um, So uh, Mm -hmm. moved here, uh, worked for technology, uh, different companies in technology the entire time. Um, uh, Worked as a product Mm -hmm. manager for, lived here for a company out of Southern California called Quest Software Mm -hmm. Uh, worked for Microsoft, got tired of traveling. Uh, I'd been married to, Stacey and I had been married for five years. Uh, sh- we wanted to have kids. Uh, little known fact, if you want to have kids, you have to be around each other a little bit to be <laughs> yes. able to, to have kids. And when you're on an airplane traveling all the time, that doesn't it's really hard. relate to, yeah. to being around someone, equating into to children. So um, stopped traveling, uh, got a job for Microsoft, where I worked for eight years. And during that time, um, while I was there, uh, we ha- have three kids. Uh, you mentioned adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexis um, and a Grace are both adopted. Alexis is a domestic, and Grace is uh, from China. And then Stacy got pregnant, I mean, had a Brooke. And over that time frame that I was there, and very meaningful experience. A uh, lot of, like, like if we talk a whole lot about it, I'll get real emotional about mm-hmm. it. But a, a lot of experience we're gonna go, to go there. through Don't worry. A lot of experience to go through um, uh, to get to that. To get to that. Led the tech council for three years, which was fantastic. Uh, you guys had Janet on the on the on here um, yeah. a few yeah. weeks ago, and worked closely with her and Ralph. Um, a lot of folks from when from she the was community. at the chamber. That's right. Yeah, and I think the world of, the world mm-hmm. of her loved Janet Miller. Um, and Really got a real appreciation for what Nashville was and how it was growing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, and if you look at just what's happened over the last few years, the start of that growth happened in the early teens, right? 11, 12, and then you had this unbelievable, Mm -hmm. huge vastness of of growth after growth after growth. And what's happened in Nashville has been fantastic. Um, I've always, my dad. Worked for a company his entire life, and so well-respected in the community of Henry County, um, uh, just awesome. But I always wanted to have my own thing. I always wanted to own my own company, or let's call it entrepreneurship, or, you know, be able to be in control of your own destiny. And when I was at the council, did great work, loved everything there, built a great team. Um, and But I wanted to do it, go back to the commercial world mm-hmm. and build something and uh, over the next few years had several entrepreneurial opportunities with various companies. Um, Some of them did good, some of them not so good. Learned a lot from the failures of all of that. Uh, Last year did a lot of, uh, take instead of taking from entrepreneur, how to go buy something and then turn that in because it's already got a foundation, which I felt like I'd always done a good job of, is taking something that had a foundation in place and building it up. Did you leave the
2: tech councils, based on what you just said, your dad always working with somebody wanting to start your own thing and do that is that was that the, the main reason you left there
3: it, it is I, you know i i always wanted to have kind of that control of your own destiny right so you're 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 on the hook the way i looked at it was if you're on the basketball court i'm the one that always wants the ball mm-hmm. right so there's 10 seconds left you know, I want the ball. I want to be in control of that. You're the Michael Jordan of the. I would tech not space. say that. No, I think I, you just did. <laughs> no, I just I said I want the ball. I love it. But I always wanted the ball, and so I wanted to have that control of mm. it. And so I left the tech council to, um, uh, to go start something, uh, and then had various startups that sort of thing. And Peter came to me, Peter Markham, so well respected in the in the community. Like, if I can come close to. Just a quarter of the stuff that man has done and the impact he's had, you know, I'll I'll be doing something. But he came to me and said, "Hey, look, I'd like to I'd like to see about uh, turning the reins over and maybe taking a step back and doing other things." And and so over the course of a couple months, we got to an agreement, and I'm now a very proud partner of a fantastic team of Dev Digital. So that's how I got to where I am today. That's very cool. How, why did Dev make sense to you? You know, it's – so part of it is – that's actually a good question. So part of it was Peter. Uh, So I had heard of Dev, knew what they did, uh, and knew that they had a technology bent. And then as I got more and more involved in in kind of having these conversations with Peter, understanding more and more about what they did. So I'd call it a few things. First one is they have a very strong development group that develops applications and software. So for mobile applications or web-based applications – and if you go back to my career when I was at Quest and a product manager, I love product. I mean, love creating it, love ideating about it, mm-hmm. all the sorts of things about creating a, a particular product. And so, with with Dev Digital, we have the opportunity to do probably anywhere from seventy five to one hundred and twenty five projects in a given year, of which there's probably fifty of those that are these these applications or development projects, and so. Instead of starting my own thing where I'm having a, a software application, I now get the opportunity to do that with, with you know, 50 or so a year. Mm. That's number one. Number two is, is uh, we have a strategy and design team that I would argue is probably one of the best in the Southeast. And when you look at when you're developing a product, having that user experience. So even for um, – any type of company, what's the experience that you're giving your customers to have them be repeat customers or mm-hmm. buy more or have them engage with your product? Mm. And we have what I'd argue is one of the best strategy and design uh, groups in the Southeast, so I'd say number two. And number three, and I talked about Peter and, and his um, kind of his demeanor and how he approaches things is very unique, and he's built a company of fantastic people and when we were doing uh, one of the uh, one of the leadership team interviews, I walked out of there going, "Man, I, this is something that I can be a part of. Like, this is a group that I would love to be able to lead, and I love leading. Um, if you do service leadership and really think about how you can serve the community, if you can lead 130 people, that's a pretty big thing." Yeah. And uh, anyway, that's that's what I, that's what drew me into Dev Digital. That's very cool. And how long has it been now? Uh, no, no, uh, February, 1st of February, so that's four months. Oh, man. What, what yeah. keeps you up at night in leading that group? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like everything. Like I'm, you know, you, like a lot of times I'll have, I think maybe we all go through this or maybe it's just me, um, but this idea of, hey, am I making the right decisions? Am I leading in the right way? Yeah. Am I, uh, did I do the right things today? Did I do the right things? And you know, five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, I I think a lot of that is very important to um, to kind of sit back and look at and say, hey, why why did I get here? Why am I doing this, that, or another? One of the things I like to tell the team is uh, this kind of goes back. And then how do you get back grounded into that leadership component? Mm-hmm. With Tom Peter Peters is a guy. He has all these sayings, business books he's written. Um, one of the things he says is, excellence is not hard. Excellence is just the next five minutes. Yeah, mm. And that's really that, that, that key thing for me is, you know, in the next five minutes, how can I practice excellence or the next – And then lead the team to be able to do the exact same thing.
1: Do you give yourself time? You know, when I ask you that question about what keeps you up at night, you said, hey, I think back and I wonder if I made the right decisions or did I handle something the right way. Do you give – one of the things when I visit with CEOs, they talk about having dedicated think time where they just block out that time to think. Is that something that's – so hard. Yeah, it's hard for me to do too. Is that something that you do?
3: So so I – Let's say I kind of do that. Yeah. All right. So yeah. the best way to say it is you kind of do that. Um, I follow a system called EOS, Entrepreneurs Operating System. Oh, yeah. uh, the guy wrote a book named Traction. Fant- mm-hmm. If you're an entrepreneur thinking about starting your own business, leading a team, highly recommend it. Very simple, straightforward. They talk about it as having clarity breaks. Yeah. And so, how do you get a moment by which you're you you get this piece of clarity? Yeah. Um, last week. Uh, because it was right next to the holiday, um, I had a, I had a t- some time in the office. There was just me in the office, me and a couple of people in the office. And So I have this huge whiteboard, and I took two hours and just put everything that was in my head up on that whiteboard about where the company should go, what we should look at, um, somewhat of vision casting, about how to cast a vision of, mm-hmm. of where we need to be. And so I think it's super important to be able to do that and then schedule that at least weekly. Okay? May, at least month. let's say this, at least monthly, but if you can get to it like a couple hours every week, particularly at the beginning of the week as you're planning that out, I think that's super important. I, I love yeah.
2: what you talked about, clarity breaks, and, and it took me back to last week. I read a study that Microsoft, speaking of Microsoft, recent, recently released, and it was about the brain and how it responds to breaks. And, and they said one of the things that has lacked the most over the last 15 months, 18 months, is people interjecting breaks in between their virtual calls. Mm. Mm. And it showed the brain over a four meeting where there was no breaks and how it went from blues and greens and relaxed colors, focused colors, to red in the last – two meetings versus that. one with breaks in there and, and the impact that that had. And so I love what you ta- – I mean, one of the takeaways I'm going to get from this is incorporating clarity breaks in and throughout my day. So
3: I'm, I really appreciate you saying that. I'll, I'll add one more thing to that. There's a concept called the Pomodoro effect. I may even be pronouncing that wrong. But the idea is that you can get super focused in for 25 minutes, and then after that you tend to wander um, – that's wander good. away. So what yeah. I would do is set a timer for 25. When During the uh, last year, during the pandemic, I'd set a timer for 25 minutes. When it would go off, I would go out to my garage, do some push-ups, do some pull-ups, I jump rope for a little That's bit. Paid you know, off. You know. Paid off well. And, and then come back in and then do it again. And I would try to do 10 of those in a given day. So That's if cool. I'm really focused in on something, I might skip one and then come back to it, but try to do 10 of those in a given day. That's number one. Number two is... So, I, you, you're a big runner. I see John running in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I appreciate the, the honks, by the way. Let me tell you. Me I'll yell, and I'll honk and yell out the window, woo, go. Swimming
1: in the bathtub, he does it all. <laughs> it's true.
3: <laughs> but the other thing is being outside. And for me, I like to be part of nature. We've lost time. <laughs> He's gone.
0: Swimming in the bathtub. So, like but being Being outside. Being
3: outside, being part of nature. And so... John, we live close to Smith Park. Yeah. Uh, and so I'll go, my goal is to get over there at least five times a week. There's a two and a half mile trail. That's awesome. And I leave my, my cell phone at home or in the car. So it's me and you. nature. Yeah. And to, I think, so I, I kind of, what happens is, is the day's work or the week's work washes over me and I'm able to actually think about it while I'm on the trail. Mm. And I'm trying to hit goals of time mm. and all of that and breathe the right way. But it's it, it's a way to I think being outdoors in nature and given that quiet time to where your brain is able to think through things, man, it's that to me, it, that's even more valuable than having a whiteboard and some oh, time I love to that. yourself.
2: Tyler, how many of those do you incorporate in your week? <laughs> There's another takeaway. I mean, so you've got to call your you got to call your wife just to say, Hey, <laughs> how
0: you doing? That, that doesn't happen. I love you, and you got to incorporate some nature. I, I,
2: I, I'm all in on that, by the way, for myself, for my kids. And I really think boys, as I'm thinking about my three boys at home and men, I think it's it's even built into us. Don't send me your hate mail. Like, women need this, too. I'm, I'm sure, right? But I'm just but saying. But it's hard. We Men... Need to be outside. I yeah, think that's a big that's a big thing. Yeah, and, and and it is hard. yes. and
3: if you go back, like I mean, I grew up. I was outside all the time. Yeah, you yeah, know, we man. didn't have Fortnite. Well, they, you couldn't, stay in, you couldn't stay in the house. You couldn't stay in the house. You were hoeing those cucumbers. That's right. <laughs> But we had we had all these fields out behind the house, yeah. and my brother and I would go through those fields. We'd build oh, yeah. forts. We yeah. we dam up streams. Yes, I mean, mm-hmm. I, mean I did I the love same that. thing. Throw oh. little
0: firecrackers in the creek and watch the minnows float <laughs> that's to the top. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> so, we we had
1: swim practice at five thirty in the morning, and my parents made us walk. And the guy that I swam for named Rory Hartley, uphill, he, would, both, he ways. both ways. He would say, <laughs> if you do, if you get to the end and you take one breath, I'm going to beat you with this kickboard and you could do that back they called it coaching back then today it's called child abuse but but oh,
2: look, hey, what, look what it shaped in you this those, beautiful swimmer's body
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes they he's my sho- my, sho- my shoulders are a lot bigger than yours and that is because that. i uh, i got in that pool with rory hartley he said he was going to beat me with that kickboard every that. day
2: Brian, one of the ways that we honor our guests is we like to for Swimper's our guests to, to share Um, their definition of a goat. And we've got some really fantastic ones that I won't share because that's going to require our audience to go back and listen to the the archives of the amazing guests that we've had. And and now you get to join that that list and, and share with us your definition of a goat. All right.
3: So my definition of a goat is someone who, going back earlier, they, they practice excellence in the next five minutes. <clears throat> They're dedicated, have a strong work, work ethic, and one of the things I think is super important is to always do the right thing. And I would say that is my definition of a goat. Short,
0: sweet, somebody that can always make the best decision for the whole group. Ooh. Right? Is that what you're, is that kind of what you're going at?
3: So I think so. decision-making is a funny thing, right? Because... You never know if the decision you made is the right one then or into the future. Yep. Um, what I would say, uh, I would kind of shift that just a little bit. Yeah. They're doing all of the things that they need to do to be an example to their team, to to have that outcome. To get, I think one of the things is getting enough knowledge to make a, the right decisions or the best decisions on things. So I would say yes um, on on those on those areas.
0: Well, me and me and Kobe met last week, and we we always try to meet. Once a week or once every other week and talk. And when we talk, I always try to self-analyze and see where I'm at and see where my team's at and whatnot. And I just wanted to bring something up because we talked about it the other day and it's come up probably like four times in the last three days. I think one thing a leader does – is show his team what the where the finish line is, whether it's 30 minutes from now or a day from now or a week from now or a year yes. from now, whatever it is. But I think so many times we get caught up in putting out fires and running and gunning that we don't ever take the time to stop and talk to our team and say, what business are we in? Mm. What business do we want to be in? And where's the finish line?
1: Where's the finish line?
0: Because we can't achieve the goal if we don't know what the goal is. Or where the finish line is. And I think so many times as I reflect on the past and when things didn't go where I wanted it to go, it's the same thing as clear expectations. Yeah. And you go back and you go, Why why are we not here? And then you when you really self reflect, you go, Man, if, if I would have told them where the finish line was, I probably could have got a lot better information back that could I could have provided better resources and we probably would have been right where we wanted to be. Because every time we've laid it out, this is where we wanna be. It's what we've done.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, and your business is fast-paced. Your business is fast-paced. You've got you've got the strategy team. You've got the app development team. You have all these different teams that all work together, and and if they don't understand where the finish line is, then it it probably can get really messy pretty quickly.
3: It does. You and you have to. So to that fact, like every chance I get, I try to remind. I I started off um, when I started there. I started with three pillars. I told the team it was part of my. Uh, two minutes or two and a half minutes to where I, I was talking through. You know, here's Brian, um, here's what I think is su- going to make Dev Digital successful. So there's three pillars to that.
2: I'm going I'm to ask you to hold off because. Are you ready to hold off on well, that? Okay. I think that is a great <laughs> teaser. For our audience to hang, to hang around yep. with us, yeah. If Brian will stay, we're gonna Do you hear, mind staying around? I can. Stick we gotta around. hear. You we bet. gotta hear his goat. Yeah, and I've I,
1: got my goat too. I'm
2: very excited about mine. So we gotta share goats, and then I think the three pillars is a great teaser for the back half of this it is. conversation. It so is. share a goat. Oh, that's right. Please. So who has heard of Walter Carr? I thought <laughs> you were gonna say Walter Cronkite. <laughs>
3: nope. Walter Carr. Walter I thought you were gonna say
1: Walter Hill. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Not heard of Walter Carr. <laughs> right, so Walter Carr is my goat. Okay. The reason why Walter Carr is my goat is, to me, he exemplifies uh, a commitment, uh, uh, following through on a commitment, dedication, and a work ethic. So, um, uh, in twenty nine, uh, June two thousand eighteen, uh, Walter was at um, uh, Logan Community College down in Birmingham, Alabama. And Logan got a job uh, as a um, for a move with a moving company. And the night before his first day of work, his car broke down. And Walter did not let that get in his way. Walter went, got four hours of sleep, got up early in the morning, and walked twenty miles from his home down to Pelham, in Alabama, or twenty miles away to be on time for his first day at work. Mm. I read this. I saw this on LinkedIn. It, it's, was it? Keep going. It's one of the most amazing things. Yeah. So he gets down there. For, again, first day at work, like, how, how easy would it be just to say, just to say oh, yeah. my car it. broke down, I can't be there, right? That's the
1: kind of guy you want on your team. And if
3: you think about how far that is. You, that's you, not, a, that's that, not a short That's not a short distance if you're walking, right? So he shows up told people what he did. Um, uh, some folks helped him out, got him uh, breakfast that morning. They saw him on walking down the street, asked him, took him in, bought him breakfast, got him to the house he needed to be. And the thing about it is is you never know what the impact is going to be on some commitment or something, uh, mm-hmm. on anything like that that you do. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what he decided to do. The impact of that is that uh, the um, owner of the moving company gave him a car, they did a GoFundMe for him, which raised hundred thousand dollars. Saw that almost hundred thousand bucks. He gave twenty five thousand of that to a scholarship. Mm. All right, to a scholarship fund there in Alabama, and they were interviewing him the first year they gave this away. And I uh, wrote down the <laughs> wrote down the quote that he gave. Good, which is, the world is going to be hard. <laughs> it's like a piece of chewing gum. It chews us up. It spits us out five seconds later. So you always have to be ready to stay on your toes and never give up. That's good. And the very first minute I heard you guys podcast and we're going through goats, Walter is the guy that I thought of. That's I was awesome. like, if I, ever, if I had a goat, that's who it well, would when be. When do you get Walter on the show? I think you should. I think we can. I think you need to add him to I that. I think
2: Brian is, has owned that task for us. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. Since he hasn't done uh, enough for us already here at the the Goat Consulting Podcast. Fantastic story. And certainly, you know, what what do you think in the simple takeaway? I hear that. And in the simple takeaway, if you're talking to somebody in their 20s or their 30s or their 40s or their 50s, what is the simple takeaway in that to you?
3: You know, it kind of goes back to my background, which is, you know, you – you have, to, to Tyler's point, you have decisions that you're going to make. and When you wake up in the morning, what are you going to do? What are you going to be? Yeah. And you can take the easy way out and say, hey, I'm just going to call them and say, uh, my car broke down, I can't be there. Yeah. Or I can make a decision to actually go do something, right? Yeah. I'm going to uphold my commitment and make that happen. Yeah. I think the takeaway for young folks is don't be scared to follow through on the commitments that you make. And take a chance and do something like that to see what the outcome might be. Well, you know what yes. makes
0: me think? What makes me think is that, and it's something that we kind of hit on a little bit lately, is that if he wouldn't have done that, he loses that whole day. He's never getting that day back. Obviously, it's loyalty and commitment or whatever the case may be. There's sometimes I go through the day and I look, I look down and it's eleven thirty or it's one o'clock or whatever, and I'm like, that that day's gone. Have I really it's it's about being excellent for the next five minutes. And that that's what it makes me think is that if he would have just stayed home, he would have lost his whole day. He has no chance for progression to where he's trying to go. I always think about losing time and and if you don't if you don't go above and beyond to do something like that, you're losing that time. I don't know the best way to say it, but the more I go through life and get a little bit more mature in business. If I go through a half a day or an hour and I stop and reflect, I'm like, did, did I really achieve what I wanted to achieve or could have achieved in that hour? And so many times we just throw – Hours or days away, or whatever the case may be, because it's easy to. It's so easy to, and he could yeah. have easily thrown the day away and just said, ah, "I'm just hanging out." But the at commitment the house.
2: was the commitment. It didn't. Re- it didn't matter what obstacles were in the way. It didn't matter if he was scared, and he probably was. I'm scared to walk twenty miles. Like, I, I mean, how do you on even, the interstate? You, I'm sure. How do you even go about doing that? He faced the fear. He f- he owned the commitment, regardless of what was in the way. Well, and I, that's why he's a goat.
1: I love the chewing gum. Because that, that is what the world will do to you, as everybody at this table knows. And I love the fact that he decided to not, not let the start stop him. And we're going to stop right there, and we're going to pick it up right here in a minute.
0: And Nashville is the only place in the world you can sell used chewing gum and make money. There you, there you go. You, <laughs> that's, you, what, that's, Colby's, that's Colby's, <laughs> famous,
1: that's Colby's <laughs> famous saying. You heard it first right here at the, at, the, at the Go Consulting Podcast. For Tyler, for John, and for our good friend Brian from Dev Digital, this is the Go Consulting Podcast.
3: Um.